dreamers, and welcome back to Views from a Dreamer. I'm Letitia Carr, also known as Tish, your dream coach, and this is episode 34 of Views from a Dreamer. So I created Views from a Dreamer to prove that dreams are real and regular people just like me and you are out here dream chasing and getting to it. So Views from a Dreamer is an expansion of a dream I started three years ago through my blog, Where Do You Dream? And it's bringing me so much joy to continue to expand the territory of my own dream by bringing you all amazing interviews with dreamers just like you to share their stories. So our guest today, I am so excited to have her. When y'all hear her and get her energy, you are going to be just blown away. She is a powerful woman and a dynamic speaker and entrepreneur. She is really advocating for the Muslima woman to really live their best life, be business owners, and be dynamic um, in their way. But she is empowering women across the world at this point, and I'm just so excited to have my friend Halima de Oliveira on Views from a Dreamer today. We are friends through a program we're in together called Circle of Greatness, um, connected by Nehemiah Davis. So I'm so excited to have her. She's a giver. She volunteers and helps everybody else. So I'm so happy to have her on to really uh, talk to you about what she does, her, her journey, and everything she has going on. So, Halima, thank you so much for being on this episode. How are you? I'm great, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm a fan of yours. You're saying all these amazing things about me, but I think you're amazing. <laughs> I love what you're thank doing. Thank you. Thank you. So, Halima, tell us a little bit about all the things that you are up to now. You're up to so many things that, you know, you're a speaker, you're an author, you're a coach. Tell us about all of those things and kind of how you have uh, grown into where you're at right now. Absolutely. So, you you mentioned I'm an, you know, I want to add I'm an international speaker because the goals for my business is for us to go worldwide. I have put on a lofty goal of helping 1 million people over the next 365 days. And that's going to take me around the world. And, you know, the, you know, I'm an author and, and a, you know, a business coach, but probably the thing that propels me forward is philanthropy. And that's really why I I started BUNHD is because I wanted to be able to give what comes naturally to me. So my gift away to the world. And where all of that was birthed out of is that, you know, I spent a large portion of my life stuffing down all of who Halima was, just trying to assimilate and to fit in and not necessarily wanting to be all of who I was because I felt like people couldn't handle all of who Halima was. And that, you know, if I let it all out, I would have no friends, I I wouldn't fit in anywhere. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to suppress it. And, you know, I'll do the best, but in the confines of, of wherever I am. So if it was within a company, you know, I was number one in the company wherever I worked, but within the company, I never ventured out of it just to kind of keep myself in the box, if that makes sense. So that's where BUNHD, so the name of my company is BUNHD, so Be Yourself in High Definition. And that was birthed out of those 20 years that I struggled with being all of who Halima was and just suppressing it. And three years ago, I went through a life change. So I am Muslim, and I was born Muslim. And so part of that suppression came from that whole Muslim experience. 
And, you know, being Muslim in a non-Muslim country is not easy when there are not as many people that look like you or believe the same thing as you. And you, it, it kind of comes to a head where you're like, you know, do I assimilate and do I join the masses or do I stand my ground and, and you know, just be all of who I am? And all of who you are, you know, just to put it frankly, is not always welcome everywhere. And so I wanted to be in those spaces. I wanted to be in corporate America. I wanted to have the friends that I had. And I couldn't be who Halima was if I wanted to be in those spaces. So... That's, that's where BUNHD came from. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love that because I know that feeling, too, of, of being, uh, shrinking yourself, right? Like shrinking yeah. yourself. You, you know your full potential, and God has revealed to you what your full potential is, and you're shrinking yourself to make other people comfortable is kind of yeah. what that sounds like. And that is a painful place to be in. I don't know about you, but that is just, it's a really painful, painful place to be in. So BU and HD, what, how do you help people stop shrinking themselves uh, with, your, with your coaching and with your speaking? Okay, sure. So basically, you know, I'm a nurturer at heart. So everything that I do is to nurture and cultivate, you know, people's true self and their true identity. And I, I just have this inbred knack to be able to do that for people. And most of it comes from my own, you know, the, you know, you pull out of yourself. So basically, I treat people how I would want to be treated, and I ask people questions that I would want to be asked about who I am, et cetera. And I take an interest in each individual person that I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with. So I have one-on-one -on -one coaching as one of the services that I offer at BU and HD. And it's a transformational coaching company. So when a person comes to us, they understand that the person that they are, the person that they come to us as, they will not leave, you know, you know, our company being, you know, the same, the same person. So we take a deep dive, and, and some of the first questions that I ask a person is, what are you passionate about? passionate about. And, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I just had a call today just right before this interview. And the person was, you know, said to me, I didn't even have, you know, intentions on answering any questions like this or even talking about this. And I said, mm, you've got what on Lima, you know, she has a way of, of, of pulling that out. And so, you know, I just specialize in helping people transition out of where they are and realizing and changing their mindset and dreaming, if you will, about who it is that they can be. And one of the exercises that we do is, is I have them write down, you know, so like me, for example, 10-year-old Halima, what did 10-year-old Halima want to do? What did 10-year-old Halima want to do for the world? And you will find that that 10-year-old version of yourself has it more together than probably, you know, you at, you know, 30, 40, or however old, you know, however old you are you know, has it more together than that. And so pulling from that version of yourself and bringing it into the now, because that, that version of yourself has everything that the current day, you know, person that you are, you know, wants out of life. That makes sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm curious on how, you know, creating BU and HD has changed your life. Whew. So it has 
totally transformed my life. So, of course, you start out helping other people and you end up helping yourself. So this journey started, like I said, three years ago. I, you know, I kind of had like a stress, anxiety breakdown at work. And, you know, I remember being in, you know, the corporate space and we had a really large meeting of, you know, over 100 executives. And I remember sitting in my seat and my face getting extremely hot. And I just packed up my bag and I walked out and I never went back. I never went back to to that particular job. And I started this journey. I started this journey of self-care and this journey of self-discovery where I started, well, what type of food do you like, Halima? I liken it to the movie uh, with Julia Roberts, the, what is it, Eat, Pray, Love or Eat, Love, Pray. I always mm. get, I always yeah, try to the words. Yes, Eat, Pray, Love. So, and I always liken it to that movie. And I, and I actually watch that movie at least once a month to remind myself, you know, mm-hmm. why I'm on this journey and where I am. And, you know, I just started, you know, what food do I like? Do I like going to the movies? Those type of things. And, and what are the ideas that I have in my head? What are the things that I'm passionate about? What do I really want to give to the world? And so BU and HD was birthed out of that process. I always knew that I wanted to help people. And I always made it my business that if someone was feeling down, if someone was down on their luck, I never offered assistance in, hey, let me give you money. I offered the assistance of, hey, let's transform the way that you're thinking. Hey, let me give you this resource. So let me, let me, why don't you write in this journal here and that kind of thing. So I've been doing this all along, my 20 years in, in business and corporate America. I've been doing that the whole time. It was, but it was only until last year that I knew that I was ready to transition out of corporate America and, and into full-time entrepreneurship. And, but I wanted it to be what I was passionate about. I didn't want to just, it, it to be just something that makes money. Because I, you know, I had a cleaning business that I ran for a very long time, very extremely lucrative, but my heart wasn't in it after a while. So I could have gone back to that and easily made, you know, a cool six-figure, you know, income, but not be passionate about it. And, and, and what I wanted is I wanted something authentic, and I wanted to be able to help people become the best versions of themselves. So the vision and the mission for BU and HD is just this. I specialize in coaching Muslim women to transition from nine-to-five employees to full-time entrepreneurship in hopes that they will use their newfound confidence to empower and educate others to change the Muslim narrative and positively impact their global community. And it's not to say that I don't help other people outside of Muslim women, but when I, when I finally came to terms with, hey, I'm a Muslim woman and I know the, the Muslim woman struggle and I niche down, that I was then able to help people outside of you know, Muslim women, outside of Islam. So it's funny how that that works. I'm actually helping more people that are not Muslim now than I was helping when I was like, hey, I'm just a success coach. I'm just a business coach, and I want to help everybody. So by niching down, I've, I've actually cast a wider net. That is, okay, so you just said so much that have prompted so many questions in my head. Sure, so I'm sure, going to sure. – I want to back up a little bit to the Eat, Pray, sure. Love version of you. And so I actually have never seen or read the book Eat, Pray, Love, but I love another book by Elizabeth Gilbert called Big Magic, mm. and it talks about gotcha. creativity. Um, and so with, with that with, the, with that self-discovery, what do you think was the most challenging thing that you went through with self-discovery? Because sometimes I think we get this image of self-discovery that's 
I know the idea of eat, pray, love. So like that, mm-hmm. like, oh, you go to Thailand or to Bali and <laughs> find yourself. But in my experience, there's, there's struggles that come with self-discovery. Do you, do you have anything like that that were maybe challenges that you came across as you were doing your self-discovery? Absolutely. I had to face my flaws. And I had mm-hmm. to face that, you know, you know, I, I pride, you know, the thing that I, you know, I pride myself on is that I'm this Wonder Woman and this superhero and, and I can help everyone and I can, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound and I can, you know, just do all of these things and, and nothing ever penetrates me and I don't get sad and all that kind of stuff. That was what I was, you know, that's what I exuded. That's what I put out into the world that, you know, I was just this, forced to be reckoned with, and I never experienced any adverse anything. And what I had to face is I had to face that that was a mask, and that was something that was keeping people out. And the furthest thing that I wanted, I I actually didn't want to keep people out. I wanted to keep, you know, I wanted people to come in, and I wanted people to know my all of my story and to know that I did struggle and to know that the reason why I'm so you know, adamant and relentless, like my word is relentless. I love that word is I'm relentless in my pursuit of what of my goals and dreams. And the reason why I am, I am that is because I have gone through struggle and I have gone through, through strife. And, you know, I, I, you know, probably the biggest thing, you know, to, to face in the mirror is low self-esteem and, mm-hmm. and the lack of confidence. And when people looked at me, they, that would be the furthest thing that they thought, that I lacked confidence or that I had low self-esteem. But in truth, in truth, I had very low self-esteem and I lacked confidence. But it was a mask that I put on every day going into the workplace. But I remember one of my, my team members just saying to me, you know, you know I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm being this, this excellent role model and I have no flaws and this is something that they can mirror. And one of the team members was just like, no, we want to know that we can aspire to be you. They're like, you're so, you know, almost robotic. You're never late for work and you're, you know, everything is always so precise and everything is pristine, everything is clean and everything like that, that it's hard for someone who may not have that discipline to even try to emulate you. And, you know, it's like we've given up before we've even tried because, like, you're like this almost this untouchable thing or this unattainable thing. And I I remember I came in and we had, you know, like a staff meeting, and I remember coming in and being extremely transparent. And it was then and only then that I got the complete buy-in of of my team. And Mm -hmm. basically I came in and I said, I do have flaws. I said, you know, and, and one of the sacrifices that I'm making right now is I could totally, I could totally get promoted right now, totally move on to the next phase of, you know, my, my career, but I refuse to do that until I have positively impacted where I am. And, you know, and I just gave them some of my background on the things where I have come from. I've gone through domestic violence. I've experienced domestic violence. You know, I've experienced a lot of different traumas in my life and, it is because I've gone through those things that I am compassionate, I am empathetic, and I am sympathetic. And so once I revealed that part of me, you know, literally in that instant, they were like, wow, you know, I want to follow you. You know, how, I want to know how I can, 
be your protege or how I can come over to you and just, you know, emulate you now. And here I was, I was struggling, struggling, struggling for months. You know, how do I get the buy-in of my team? How do I get the buy-in of my team? And the whole time all I had to do was just be transparent and tell my story. Man, there is so much power and vulnerability. So much power. And I love that you shared that. And I I got similar feedback Um, last year. I was doing my year of self-discovery and um, people were like, we don't know who you are. Like, you have this wall mm-hmm. that is so thick. <laughs> like, who mm-hmm. are you? Um, and so when you have to face those kind of things, when you're the type of person who's always helping someone else and always wanting to do for other people, and you realize, like, people don't really know, really can't really see all that's going on with you. So that is a really powerful thing to discover about yourself and then yeah. uh, do something about, too, right? Because you had to do something. Once it was Absolutely. once it was. Uh, pointed out to you, you had to do something with it. So that is so powerful. Um, and I love that you shared that. So thank you for, for sharing that. My pleasure. And I also, and I also wanted to ask, um, you, you uh, pointed out something about passion and purpose as you were on your journey. Um, and mm-hmm. I know as life coaches and as coaches in general, um, people, always, I don't, people always ask, like, well, how do I find my purpose? How do I find my passion? Mm-hmm. What do I know? What is, your, what is your advice to people when they ask you those kind of questions? It's that thing that's gnawing at you at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock at night. It's that thing that doesn't let you go to sleep sometimes until you've done some about, something about it, even if it's just mm-hmm. journaling. It's that thing that you can't stop thinking about. It's that thing that you can't stop doing. So, you know, for a, a coach, it's a little bit difficult to – kind of uh, put it into a physical, tangible thing um, because it's for, you know, for a coach, it's that person actually achieving the goals and dreams that they've set out. You know, I will tell you, you know, the clients that have come on with me in, you know, in the beginning of the year to now, they have seen massive, massive, massive success. And that for me is the reason why I do what I do. I want to see people stretch themselves past their limitations and actually achieve that, that thing that they think that is, is, is unattainable. But the best example that I can give you is someone who bakes. And someone who bakes is walks into the kitchen and they spend 45 minutes to an hour in the kitchen and they come, you know, first of all, the smells hit you before you even get to the kitchen. And then they come out of the kitchen after only a short period of time with this amazing display of pastry or, or cake or whatever it is, they come out of the kitchen with that. And that's something that comes naturally to them. They don't even have to try hard. If I were to go into the kitchen, I consider myself to be a good cook. I'm a great baker, but I can't go into the kitchen and only spend 45 minutes to an hour and come, around, come out with this amazing, this amazing creation. I, you know, I'll probably spend about three hours in there and come out with the same thing. So it's that thing that comes easily to you and harder to others. But it's also Mm. that thing that, you know, because what some people do is, is, you know, they say, you know, well, I like doing this. It's not something that you like to do. It's something that you can't go a day without doing. Like, literally, I can't go a day without or even passing by. Like, I did, uh, you know, um, the Insta story this morning. 
And the whole time I walked, you know, I walked my daughter to school in the morning, and the whole time I came back, every single person that I passed, I said, good morning, and how are you? And not just, good morning, how are you? Good morning, how are you? And just, you know, I'm giving off the B-U-N-H-D of it all as I'm walking down the street. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's transforming and changing people's day. And, and, and it's trans, transforming their mindset. You know, as, as a, a Muslim woman in this country, you know, me walking down the street, you know, people wait for my, uh, you know, how I, you know, wait for my reaction or wait for how I, my action actually, they wait for my action to know how they will in turn react to me. And so I give them sometimes the opposite of what they think would come from me. And so... That's, that's what I feel. I feel like you should do what that thing is, that burning. There's a burning that happens in your belly when you even think about whatever that thing is. And so that, that's, what, that's what you're passionate about. And you have to not worry about how you're going to package it so you can make money. You, you know, don't yes. think about the money. <laughs> the money's going to come. The money is a side effect. The money is going to come as a result of you putting yourself out there with that thing, that product, whatever it is, or service, whatever it is, by you putting that out there. Listen, I love, I love that so much. I, I love it. And I think that burning, that is a, it's a special kind of yearning for something yeah. that really, really, it doesn't go away ever, ever. No. Like, when I was eight years old, my aunt always tells a story about me, like my eight-year-old self. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but then even at 12, like she was like, you know, you were a peer mediator and you were always trying to help people, my, you know. And so it's that thing, like when I was in, you know, elementary school and middle school, I wanted to help people and I wanted to talk mm-hmm. to people. So, you know, it's, it's that thing, like you said, that your 10-year-old version of yourself probably had the idea together way more than you did because now you're an adult and you're overthinking and worried about the money and paying the bills. Going back, I love that you said that earlier, going back to that 10-year-old version of yourself and seeing what that, that person wanted because that person knows, <laughs> knows. That person knew what it was that you were passionate about. You know, I think that passion There was just, no cap. There was no yeah. cap. The world yeah. hadn't tainted you yet. You know, the world hadn't, you know, taken its bite out of you as of yet. So there was no cap on your dream. Yes. So I love that. And I think that's good advice for anybody listening to write that down and see what your 10-year-old self wanted and see see what that uh, desire is within you and move forward with it. Because the next thing I wanted to ask you is about taking action. You are one of the mm. most executing on goals people I've ever met in my life. And so how have you been able to just be such so good at executing on the things that you want for yourself and that you're going to, that you're, um, that you've decided that you want for yourself and you put it out there to the world to do? First, you know, and this is not to make anyone laugh or anything like that. I take naps. So me too. (laughs) I take that 30 to 60 minute power nap right in the middle of the day. I don't schedule clients at that time. And it allows me to, you know, come back to that energy and that strength. So I'm a morning person. So me taking that nap puts me back into that space, you know, of how I feel when I first wake up in the morning. When I first wake up in the morning, I'm ready to go. 
I, I'm not groggy or anything like that. I'm literally ready to go as soon as I wake up in the morning. And so, you know, with that being said, the other thing is is that word relentless. You know, I, I, I just have this relentless desire to achieve my goals and dreams. And it's not selfish. It's God entrusted them to me. And he entrusted them to me because of my backstory. Everything that I have been through has prepared me for this moment, has prepared me for 2017. And then, you know, when we go into 2018 and for years to come. So everything, every circumstance, every place that I've lived in or traveled to in the world, collectively, they have all prepared me for this moment. And so I already have everything that I need to be able to execute. And that is what allows me to continue to execute. I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell you that I don't have moments of doubt because I do. I, don't ha- I won't tell you that I have moments where I'm not clear on possibly the direction that, that I should go. I do have those moments. But what I do is, is, is I stop, I assess, and then I, I you know, rework the plan. And then I just go ahead and do it. And I don't wait for someone else to do it because here's the reason why. And I forget who said this, but I, I remember reading this, and this is probably a short, you know, you know, about two months ago or something like that. And the person said that the reason why someone who has, is less talented, less driven, less focused than you will win or surpass you is because you've allowed them to. And that is, you know, that that person formulated into words what I feel on the inside. And Mm -hmm. I'm not competing with anyone. I'm I'm only in a competition with myself. But I refuse to let someone that may be in the same space or may be looking to achieve the same thing, I refuse to let that person either step into my space or to captivate, you know, my audience with their – you know, with their version of, you know, of the the vision. And the reason Mm -hmm. why I say that is is because I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. I know what it takes. I've been through, through some, you know, a lot of these, these things. And so I know what 10 year old Halima would have wanted. I know what 22 year old Halima would have wanted someone to say to her as she was going through a marriage that was, you know, you know, throttled with, with domestic violence. I know what, what that, what someone would have, what I I would have wanted someone to tell me. So being that I've experienced a lot of these things, I know what it would take to get that person out of that situation. And I don't want someone else to bring half of the message or half of the effort and, and, and possibly keep that person from getting to being that bold, authentic, amazing HD version of themselves slower, if that makes sense. Like literally yeah. when I get to a client within 30 days, you, you won't even recognize the person that's speaking. You, 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 you're looking at the person like, wait a minute, this person couldn't even, you know, read out a sentence, let alone give an entire 45-minute, you know, speech on empowerment. Like where, how did this happen? And, and that's, the type, you know, for me, relentless. You know, I t- when I speak to my clients or people are in my workshops or they're on my re- webinars, relentless. You have to go after this 
as if your life depended on it. There has to be this, I'm at a loss for the word right now, but just this, I'm not looking for the word, but just this relentless desire to just get after, just get after that thing. Execute now. Don't wait in, in, until later. Don't wait until later. The word is like right on the tip of my tongue that I'm looking for, Tish, and I know I'm going <laughs> to think of it. I'm going to think of it later, but you just That's have okay. to be just now. Do it now. Do it now. A sense of urgency. There has to be a sense of urgency about your life. And yes. no one is going to bring that message like Halima is going to bring that message. And, yes. and, and, and I don't want people that are in my sphere, I don't want them to receive that message from someone else. And so that's why I execute the way that I execute. And I get in rooms, you know, and, and, and just, you know, hey, this is who I am and this is what I'm looking to do. And, you know, how can I, how can we work together to bring this message forward? Yes, I've seen Halima walk into a room, and literally by the time we left, everybody <laughs> in the room knew who Halima was. So she is not kidding when she says that. Everyone will know who she is, what she does, and how she can support you too. So I wanted to also um, touch a little bit on accountability and the people that you surround yourself with. So I'm gr- grateful to know you, be connected with you, and be able to kind of share and and bounce ideas off of each other. What do you see as the importance of accountability and having having, uh, good people in your circle? I love that. And, And I, too, am grateful for having you in my circle, too. I appreciate it. You bring a unique perspective, and I think that that's how, it. you know, that's how come our relationship, you know, works. So what I would say to you is, is that accountability, you have to be accountable to yourself first. And you be accountable to yourself first, and then you can be accountable to other people. Because when you're not accountable to yourself first, you can overextend yourself to other people. So that's the reason why I say that like that. There was a time where I was helping other people realize their dreams, and I was helping other people elevate and, and not to say, you know, that's what I love doing. Obviously, I'm a coach now. But I did it sometimes, you know, to my own, you know, demise, whereas, you know, I didn't get my own work done because I was busy helping this other, other person. And when you talk about having an accountability partner or having, you know, being in a circle where other people help hold you accountable to your goals and dreams, you even have to choose that person wisely as well. And I will tell you, one of my accountability partners, I would have never chosen her in a million years if you were to choose someone that was like you in the sense of that had the same personality as you and and all that kind of stuff, I would have never gravitated to this person. And we both say the same thing about one another. But I did choose her. And I chose her because she was the total opposite of me. So the Mm -hmm. Halima probably five or 10 years ago would have totally shied away from her because too direct and too you know, no nonsense and, and just, you know, let's get, to, let's get, let's get to, the, to the point. And I would have totally shied away from her because she's the total opposite of me. While I am direct, I am a nurturer, so I'm a little bit softer with my approach. And it totally works for me, but 
I need someone on the other side holding me accountable. That's the total opposite of me. Because if I had the same person, they would let me get away with, you know, you know, things and that, and then I wouldn't be living up to all of who Halima could be. So having people in your circle that compliment you and they are strong in areas where it's an area of opportunity for you. So I would look for people that have, or have a strength in your opportunity area or areas. So that's how I choose who is in my circle, and that's how I choose who my accountability partners are. You know, for me, you know, run, running a six-figure your figure business and maintaining that. Well, I surround myself with six-figure earners. I'm not going to surround mm-hmm. myself with someone who's necessarily making the same amount of money that I am. I want to surround myself with someone who's making, you know, the mid to the high six figures. That's who I want in my sphere, you know, in my my sphere or in my circle. So I would say that, yeah, yeah. How you choose an accountability is up level. Go the next level up and then go to that. And then once you get there. Those accountability partners, they may stay, but they may not be in your immediate circle anymore because now you need to level up and go to the next, to the next level. That's, so, awesome. That's very, very yeah. good advice. Such mm-hmm. good advice. Thank um, you. Do you. You're welcome. Do you have, um, what are your top three uh, to five books or podcasts, maybe videos, anything that has shaped you um, in the last few years um, or that, or that you would suggest for other people who are interested um, in learning more or uh, building up their personal development and business development more? Okay. For personal development, I am a strong advocate. So as a woman of faith, I'm a strong advocate of whatever your book of choice is. I would make that the number one book that you read every single day. And I'm not going to tell you that I sit here for hours and I read the Quran. For me, I spend 10 to 15 minutes every morning um, after prayer. I read a verse or, or a line or something like that from the, 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 the Quran, and I ponder on it. So that would be the first book that I would recommend, and that builds up confidence. When you believe in a higher power or, you know, just, you know, some type of universal law, it, it builds up the confidence that, that you have in yourself and the faith in yourself. Then after that, I'm going to tell you the business Bible for me is the four-hour work week. Mm-hmm. If I were to recommend any book that someone, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer or a firm, you know, subscriber to um, reading audiobooks. Like, I don't really have too many physical books. I, I read audio books. I just like being able to travel light and, and, and be able to read the book and reference it and go back. But the four-hour work week would be a book that I would recommend that you get in print. And so you can highlight it. You can write on it. You can put all kinds of sticky notes in it. I promise you this book is timeless, and it will take you through every stage of your business, whether you, you know, automation, whether it's the, the formulation of your business, whether it's how do I, you know, find, you know, partners or, or resources, et cetera. This book gives you all of that. Plus, it helps to build uh, confidence and it totally empowers you. This book totally empowered me to leave my job in March, I promise you. It was after reading this book that I said, I cannot sit in this office, these four walls any longer. I have to get out and I have to trust myself enough to believe that I will be able to survive outside of 
working for a paycheck every other week. And mm-hmm. the four-hour work week totally did that for me. The other book that I read this year and, and continues to be uh, a, a book that I go back to is The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Love that book. book so right? That book was another one of those game changers and another book that empowered me, another book that said, you know, just say yes. Just, and, and, and not only just say yes once, but it's just, Everything that, that, that you want to achieve, just keep saying yes to it. Put that next thing down, write down that next thing that you want to do, and when the opportunity presents itself, say yes. And say yes even when you're afraid. Say yes mm-hmm. even when you don't have all of the knowledge that you need to get that thing done. Say yes when you don't have the money in your bank account to pay for that program, you know, move up to that next office size. When you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, just say yes. Mm-hmm. Just say yes. It, you will rise. You will rise to the occasion. We, you know, we, we have this spirit within us, and every human being has it, that we will rise to the occasion of whatever is presented in front of us. So just think of, you know, this is how I think, and this is why I talk about relentless and, and just this sense of urgency just think of a lion chasing you. And I actually vividly imagine this in my head when I'm afraid <laughs> to do something. Just think of a lion chasing you. If that lion catches you, you will cease to exist, right? Yes. But what if you push past those limits and you're able to outrun this lion and you're able to run up that tree or jump over that wall and get away from the lion? You will be able to say, Number one, hey, I conquered that thing. And you will live out the rest of your days never fearing anything else, I promise you. You will never fear another thing. I love that, that <laughs> image of a lion chasing you and you've you got to go. <laughs> you've got to go. Ain't no, no gazelles out here. we got to go. No, let's get out of here. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and before before we wrap up, I want to ask you about legacy. What is the legacy that you want to leave in this world? I want to leave, first of all, for my children. Uh, you know, one of the, the biggest compliments I've ever received as a human being on this planet came by way of my son, who's 19. And he said, one thing I love and respect about you, Mom, is that no matter what, if you fail at something or you hit a wall with something is you get back up and you hold your, your head high and you go after whatever it is that you want to go after. So even if you failed, you, you just go after the next thing. And I will tell you that not even in most cases, in every case you up level, whatever that ama- that last amazing thing that you did, you up level when you go to whatever the next thing is. And he said, you know, he, he always calls me a hustler. I have a hustler uh, type mentality where I just, I just keep going. There's, there's, there's no such thing as stopping and there's no such thing as I'm going to let this beat me. Just, it's just not going to happen. So I just move on and say, okay, what did I learn from this thing? And then, then I move on. So the legacy that I want to leave is that I want my children to surpass any amazing thing that I've done. 
and I want to leave with them that drive and, and that relentless pursuit of everything. You know, I, I believe I posted it today that I'm claiming everything that is mine in 2017. And that's my life. You know, I, I believe that the, we don't want to leave this earth not having made a contribution. And I want to leave this legacy of people being respected for all of who they are, hence B-U-N-H-D, being respected for all of who they are and, by, by, and leading by example. And, you know, I, I like the, the, the poem. It's by Marianne Williamson, and it's, you know, allow your, your light to shine so other, and you can give others permission to do the same. It's one of the lines in that, in that you know, that poem. And I just believe that by me living, not up to my own expectations, but just living past, anything that I have could have possibly imagined for myself and continuing to do that once I reach something and continuing to put, go to the next level, that that gives the people that are behind me or the people that are looking on, that gives them permission to do the same for themselves and pushing past the limits. One of the biggest examples that I saw was uh, someone, you know, they were running a race and they, you know, broke the, you know, the Guinness Book of World Records. And once the Guinness Book of World Records was broken in that year, it was broken five more times. And mm -hmm. what we can learn from that is, is that once we saw one person was able to achieve this, this goal, we pushed ourselves or we push ourselves past our own limitations so that we too can reach where they've reached and then surpass it. And then, you know, the next person is gonna co going to come and do the same thing. And so, you know, I, a lot of people say, Halima, you share so much information. You give so much of your gift away. Are you not afraid of someone, you know, you know being better than you? And the answer is no, because it's the same way. You know, it, you know if I, I'm, I'm at level A, and then if that person reaches level B, what is that going to force me to do? That's going to mm -hmm. force me to, to, to move up. And then we'll be constantly in this, you know, okay, I'm number one. And then, you know, think of Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates does not like to be number two. Yes. Right? That's so he, he works. So what do I have to do to remain number one? What do I yes. have to do to either get back to number one or remain number one? Yes. That's Bill Gates, like the, the competition between Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, you know, uh, all that time is like they, neither one of them. They were like, "Oh no, like you're not going to outdo me." Um, right. They were, they were they were friends, right? Like right. They were they were known to be you know friend kind of like frenemies, but uh, right. they were known to be <laughs> in competition with each other. Like you're not going to outdo me. Thank you for showing me that level. Now I got to go to the next level. So Absolutely. I definitely I definitely love that. Um, and so I want to want to thank you for being on this episode of Views from a Dreamer and spending your time and dropping gems and giving us all that you have. And I want to open it up for you to let us know how people can get connected with you and also how people can support you. I know you have a lot of things coming up soon. Absolutely. So I have quite a lot. <laughs> 
So, again, you know, I'm unapologetically for my Muslima or for my Muslim sister. So a lot of my programs are centered around that. Even my book that I have is centered around that. So the ways that you can support me, um, I have a children's book. It's called Jenna's First Hijab, and it talks about my daughter's story and her choice to wear hijab and just her journey into that world. And that book can be found on my website at www.buinhd.com. And I'm actually going to spell it out. So it's B-E-Y-O-U-I-N-H-D.com. And then I'm also touring with that book around the 50 United States with a workshop called Not Without My Hijab Workshop. So with the current climate in this country, what Muslims are facing is they're facing a crisis where they are no longer wanting to identify as Muslim, you know, out of fear of being retaliated against and to, in essence, assimilate. So the Not Without My Hijab workshop, the goal of the workshop is to empower Muslims, but it's also to educate non-Muslims. So again, like anything that BUNHD does, everyone is welcome. You just know that you know, the premise of the workshop is going to be about, you know, Muslimas and, and how do we help them, you know, el- how do we elevate them. And so, um, you know, with the Not Without My Jab workshop, I'm just traveling the country, just spreading the message like, hey, you know, own your identity. Own your identity as a Muslima because it is your diversity that makes you an asset in a situation, not necessarily something that, you know, we should change and, and, and kind of, you know, mold into what everyone else is, is, is doing. It's, it's, it's your difference that makes you a positive contributor in your local or global community. And that segues into my podcast as well. So I am on the seventh episode of my podcast. And the name of the episode... Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I, this is my baby right here. So you talk about your podcast and how, you know, you were just born to do this. My podcast, I, was, I think I was born to do this. I, I, this is the part of my week when I'm filming them that I, I come alive. And yeah. it, the, yes, the name of it is Maintain Your Islamic Identity and Still Be a Boss Muslimapreneur. And it brings together faith and the desire to be something greater um, in the world. So, you know, we love being wives and we love being moms, but we want to be boss women in business too. And so how do we, you know, maintain who we are as women and, you know, as Muslim women and still be this force to be reckoned with? And so what I do is, is you know, I talk about, you know, the, the different po- uh, topics on the podcast and I have guests. I have guests that come two to three times a month and, you know, different guests, different boss women, you know, Muslim women that are doing, you know, the dang thing, whatever industry they're in. And then I give tips on mindset, strategy, and execution. So still staying true to the businesswoman that I am, but at the same time, you know, how do we incorporate all of who we are into what we do for a living in essence? So, and that can be found on SoundCloud. But if you go to my website, everything that I do is there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I'm so excited for everything you have coming up. I know in Atlanta we were talking about um, the Not Without My Hijab workshop and creating that. And like I said, Halima is the most executing 
person <laughs> that I know. <laughs> so I'm so excited for that to um, be on tour and for you to go to uh, all 50 states. And that is really, really exciting. And um, I definitely support you wholeheartedly in that venture because it is definitely necessary. We want people to live their best life and not feel like they have to shrink themselves in any kind of way, whether it's because of uh, their culture, their religion, their race, or anything. So we want people to live their best life no matter what. And so thank you. Thank you again, Halima, so much for joining me this week for Views from a Dreamer. So I'm looking forward to continuing to follow you and watch your movement grow and staying connected, um, of course, and just uh, continue to support you as well. And Dreamers, as always, thank you all so much for listening. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, rate this podcast so that I know you're here. I know that it's real. Um, you can also head over to LetitiaCarr.com and show me some love. I have some amazing events coming up in October and November. In October, I'll be in Miami at the Blogalicious Conference. Um, on October 5th, me and my mastermind group will be speaking at that. And then October 12th, I'll be in Philadelphia hosting the Self-Care in the City Philly edition. So I'm really excited uh, to do that. And you can find more information about all of those things on LetitiaCard.com very soon. So I am looking forward to seeing you, meeting you, um, and connecting with you in real life. So I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week, and peace and blessings, dreamers.